taught her everything she knows. Can you hear it, Rosie? I taught her everything she knows. Ain't it the truth? That mischievous smile, the devil may care. You don't pull such mannerisms out of the air. The men who are older might prefer the original manufacturer. It hurts me to say it, but why not be fair? When you see around the stage, you see me there. So, Doug, you messaged me after listening to the latest Patreon episode of the original cast of the movies on Funny Lady. Go to patreon.com slash originalcastpod to become a patron and listen. And... You have you were able to answer, or possibly are able to answer a big question we had in that episode, all about the effervescent Kay Medford, and why she did not reprise her role as Fanny Bryce's mother. In that's the right. I, uh, I actually had a few conversations with Kay about it. So, what is the what is your relationship with with Kay? So, I mean, just to give you the history, is that. Um, I remember one day the New York Times, it was uh, Tony season and mm-hmm. it was the year of Apple Tree and uh, Cabaret. And I was very young. I really oh, was. Yeah. Very young. But I, I love this little supplement that they gave uh, their subscribers. And uh, it had color pictures of the musicals and black and white of the plays. But it was the entire season wow. in, uh, you know, because we know the plays are always black and white. And musicals are right. always, always in color. Yes, that's how, <laughs> that's how life is. Exactly. Yeah. So, um I was going through it and showing my mom and she went, she saw a picture from light up the sky, the Woody Allen play. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a picture with uh, Lou Jacoby, Anita Gillette, Tony Roberts and Kay Medford. And my father looked at it too. And, and she said, you know, we know her, like, <laughs> we know her. I'm, I'm, I'm like nine years old and you never told me this. <laughs> You're, you're holding back. Yeah. <laughs> so there's someone on Broadway right now, and you know her. So uh, she's the dad said, yeah, yeah, we've known her for many years. It turns out my dad was an assistant rabbi in Philadelphia, which is how he met my mm. mom. She lived in Philadelphia most of her life until they got married. And then they even lived there for about five years. My sister was born, and then they, they moved away. So all the time that they were courting, all the time that they were married, they would see the shows that came in uh, out of town, the mm-hmm. out of town crowds. Yeah. And the mother said they saw a lot of turkeys. You know, sure. the show just never made it to Broadway. And she said, sure. and Kay, God bless her, was in a lot of these turkeys. <laughs> and uh, always great, always great actors. I mean, Jack Warden was in sure. one with Kay, you know? And, and sometimes they did make it to New York and then they just kind of limped in and then they limped out. Yeah. Um, but uh, so somehow they had a friend who knew her and that's how they met. And I was going through a scrapbook and I found my mother kept everything. I mean, corsages. Every time my father spoke at the temple, she kept that. And she kept some little uh, program announcing that Miss K. Medford was going to speak, which must have meant that my father had befriended her. Uh-huh. But, uh, he was bringing in a bona fide Broadway star, which got him props. You know? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so that's that's the the deal with Kay. And um, but they'd never mentioned her before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, so they got on the phone. They just they had her number. They said we'll call her. <laughs> oh my gosh! And so within minutes, they were on the phone with Kay Medford, and she was so delighted to hear from them. And she didn't know that they had kids. 
and my sister's three and a half years older. And uh, so she said, well, you know, I'm leaving the show soon, mm. but I'd love for you to come and see it. And uh, they, they got tickets. She got us house seats. A um, couple interesting things about that trip to New York. Uh, I've never seen a Broadway show before that, except for Annie Get Your Gun with Ethel Merman. The revival, of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> yes. And, uh, <laughs> so this was my first Broadway play. We met Kay uh, at her apartment. She had just purchased a penthouse at the Parc Vendôme, oh which is major real estate. You know, that's oh, where wow. uh, Charles Strauss lives there now. And Jeez. A lot of a lot of prominent people. And so this is had, this is 1966, 67. This seven, is where I think it was 67. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So um she uh by the way, the, I think Don't Drink the Water ironically did go out of town, mm -hmm. but not with Kay Medford. It was oh. with Vivian Vance. And she told us that Vivian Vance wasn't getting laughs. Ooh. And it was completely unnerving her. You know, imagine sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so um, it just wasn't working out. And that's mm -hmm. when Kate was offered the job because Lou Jacoby knew her and, and they had mm -hmm. a great rapport. Mm -hmm. um, so she took us up to her uh, penthouse. It, she hadn't even moved in yet. I mean, it was just, we were just looking at these empty rooms and I'd never seen a New York apartment before. Oh, wow. Except when I went to the World's Fair when I was really little and stayed with some people in Queens and it was kind of like a house, you know, mm. so... Uh, this was my first experience with a New York apartment. And it's weird to think that at that time, I probably thought they were all like this. I was going to say, it's spo it spoiled you ever since, probably, for, for New York apartments. Yeah. And the oh view, I remember the view was incredible. And Jackie Mason was in the apartment, the other penthouse apartment. He, he <laughs> occupied that. So, and then she took us for a, a real New York Italian meal. And this it was a kind of a hole in the wall. I mean, you sure. know, maybe it's at... Today would be selling pizza a dollar a slice, you sure. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but she said Barbara Streisand ate there all the time when she was doing Funny Girl, all and right. uh, and they I ordered lasagna because that's all kids know, right? Exactly, <laughs> spaghetti and lasagna, and the plate, the 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 dish which had been put in the oven was so hot that I just remember I never ate the lasagna because I was burning my <laughs> mouth. So that was one memory. <laughs> Sure. And then we go to the theater, which was, it turns out is the Morosco, which is, of course, mm -hmm. no problem. Yeah. And Kay, you know, she just invited us backstage before the show. We just hung out there. And she introduced us to Lou Jacoby, who was so friendly, and my father, and he just hit it off. My dad loved Lou Jacoby. Little sidebar thing about my father. He, um, when Lou Jacoby spoke, he didn't even have to speak. He could just look yeah, had the, had the particular look. My father would be like convulsing with laughter, <laughs> and uh, we once saw Lou Jacobian come blow your horn at the Cape Playhouse, and the Cape Playhouse has these rows of seats that are like pews. You know, they're all connected, mm -hmm. and my father would laugh so hysterically that the entire row was shaking and vibrating, <laughs> and the little old ladies were like levitating. They were. <laughs> I think it's the most exercise they've ever had. So. Um, <laughs> So anyway, they got along famously. And then the interesting thing was Kay had her dog, Angie, which was this big, beautiful poodle. And Angie was thirsty. She lifted the toilet bowl in her dressing room and Angie <laughs> drank. And my sister and I looked at one another like, wow, yeah. this is things on Broadway. <laughs> the sophistication of it. <laughs> Delicious must that toilet water be. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs>
So that was that was very cool. Um, and then then we took our seats, and I remember the first few minutes of the play, which were very exciting because the, the Hollanders, I think that was their name, are being besieged by. Uh, they have to seek refuge in in the. Um, uh, what is it? The it's uh, an embassy. Consulate. Right? Yeah, the consulate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. right. And so it's it's mayhem and all this going on, and then it was a farcical kind of piece, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm sure most of it went over my head, but I remember one thing, and that is not only the first few minutes, but at the curtain call, she stepped out on the stage and bowed, and she winked at me. Oh man! And uh, yeah. it was really pretty, pretty potent to have yeah. that happen. She liked me a lot. We we connected, and my sister, she liked Debbie too, but. Uh, my sister conceded that she said, I think Kay had a soft spot for you. Mm. And um, so that was my first meeting with Kay. And it was kind of magical, you know. And then uh, she called us when she got nominated for the Oscar. Oh, wow. I, mean, I can't believe it. She, she dialed my folks and she got on the phone and she said, I've just been nominated for an Academy Award. And I know I'm going to lose to Ruth Gordon, but it's just such an honor. Yeah. And, uh, that was very exciting. And then I remember we went to see the, the movie in Boston because I think we were up there. My mother was having tests for her back. And uh, we actually paid like Boston prices to see a movie, which is, oh man, you know, I've heard of like in our hometown, we would get in free practically. And then <laughs> you know, like $8 a ticket in Boston. Oh, but wow. it was. It was amazing, and we got to see Kay, and we got to see hear her sing, mm -hmm. which is also very interesting because we didn't have the cast album of Funny Girl at home. You My did. parents had a great collection of cast albums, but um, they usually favored the cat the shows that had come through Philly. Mm. So mm -hmm. if the show didn't try out in Philly, right? They apparently didn't invest in the cast album. <laughs> So they had Judy Holiday and Bells Are Ringing because that sure. went to Philly. Sure. My Fair Lady went to Philly. Um, so, because I remember <laughs> later I, when we saw Kay at um, at the Cape at the Falmouth Playhouse in Light Up the Sky, uh, I said to her, oh, "We I couldn't believe we we heard you sing in Funny Girl." She went, "Oh, I I had a lot more to sing in the show," and uh, and that's when I like a light bulb yes. went off. Yeah, I've got to hear this this. Broadway show called Funny Girl. <laughs> yeah, she's got like three songs in the in the Broadway show and only like half a song in the movie. That's so, right. That's yeah. right. But but what was cool about Falmouth, the Falmouth Playhouse, was we were having dinner and I found out through the conversation that her birthday was approaching, and her birthday was in September, September fourteenth, and that's six days before mine. Mm. So she was so delighted to know we were both Virgos. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went to see this the show, which was Light Up the Sky, Moss Hearts, with Kitty Carlisle Hart in it. Mm. And uh, great cast, Sam Levine, uh, Jan Sterling, Carlton Carpenter, who just passed away. And uh, there were these shops, you know, that while you were killing time before the show within this uh, little compound. And there was a jewelry shop and there was a Virgo ring. Mm. And it was a cameo, rather large for a go cameo ring. And I said to my folks, can I get this for Kay? And they said, yes, I think she'd love that. Mm. So I did. And uh, we went backstage after the show and I gave her the ring. And she said, um, honey, I'm, I'm never going to take it off. <laughs> and, you know, she wore it all through the Dean Martin show. Mm. And she wore it through the Marcus Welby. She has a great 
Marcus Welby uh, guest star in appearance. And I think a lot of American style and the Partridge family. She finally didn't have it on for Kojak in the 1974. <laughs> and and it's, a, it's a shame because it's one of my favorite performances of Kay's, but she did it without Sans Ring. Mm -hmm. And I, I never was to find out what happened, but something definitely happened to the ring. Mm -hmm. But it was just such a cool thing because if you go on YouTube and you, you Google or search for Kay Medford, uh, she does Do You Love Me with Zero Mastel. And she's wearing the ring the whole time. You can mm -hmm. see sewing and it's, it's right there on her right hand on her index finger. Um, so uh, that was... Uh, the experience up until that point. And then uh, we called her, or she may have called us, but I think we called her back in 1974. And she said she was had just signed to do the movie Funny Lady. Mm. Okay, so let's get into this. Yeah. 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 So, um, so that was very exciting. And... <laughs> I, I was really, I mean, you know, who wouldn't be excited to see her sure. role? She'd been up for the Oscar and she right. had done a job. And uh, I also thought to myself, because I was 15 years old and or about that time, and uh, I I loved, I started to write songs. Mm. So I thought, I'm going to write a song for Funny Lady. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. I was so naive. Oh, I really sure. thought that was fun, you know? Right. Um, because everyone wants a ballad written by a 15 year old right. kid. You know? right. And I had no idea what the show, the, what the movie would be about, but I had a feeling that it would involve Fanny and Nikki Arnstein. Sure. So I wrote this like music that makes me dance kind of ballad. It, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of, kind of like it isn't it better, but it wasn't better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was a lot worse. Gotcha. <laughs> and it, it had some really, really embarrassing lyrics. Um, but I, I really concentrated on it and I completed it. I wrote it out. I brought it to my uh, piano lessons so I could um, I could uh, help have my teacher help me transcribe it. And then I was ready. You know, I even sent it to the copyright offices. Oh, wow. And, uh, and then I called Kay and I said, uh, I'm really excited about this movie. And I, I wrote a song for, for Barbara Streisand to sing. And she said, oh, honey, can are never doing the song? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, really? Really? They're doing the song? <laughs> and not me? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, uh, and she said, and then she added something that was so odd. She said, and you know, I just feel very grateful that I've been asked to do the movie. And I thought, well, who else are they going to ask? <laughs> right. You're up for an Oscar. Right. You know, they're not going to ask Molly Peacock. I mean, come on. <laughs> you originated this role. They're not going to do what they did with Maureen Stapleton and Bob right. Alberti. Right. So, um, so unfortunately, uh, or maybe fortunately for the movie, <laughs> my song was not featured. <laughs> Because that movie had enough problems. <laughs> it did. It did. And a lot of songs. Lots of songs. Did not need another song that much. Else. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I really did enjoy that broadcast a lot. Roddy and Robbie are very, very entertaining. Oh, the they song are. that you alluded to, uh, It's Going to Be a Great Day, mm -hmm. um, was written by Billy Rose and some guy. I can't remember right. his name. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't a Cantor and Ebb song. It sounds like it a Cantor sounds like a Cantor and Ebb song. Yeah. Because of the arrangement. It's right. just it's nothing to do with the song itself. It's it was a very up tempo song that was kind of a ditty, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So then I just thought, well, okay, at least I have funny lady to look forward to with Kay Medford. Right. And then we called her maybe about seven, eight months later. Uh, I don't remember why. We might just have called to just say hi. Mm -hmm. And I said, how'd it go? How'd a funny lady go? And she said, oh, well, they just assumed that Mrs. Bryce would be dead. But they paid me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So then I went to see the movie. Right. And he says, in the dressing room, Nikki says... How's your mother? And she right. she has this line about she's how fine. she's fine. Yeah, she runs she a shop or whatever. She says, yeah. yeah. I thought, right. Liars. Yeah, that's so. <laughs> this is so disingenuous. How can you say that when you told Kay Medford right. that she deceased? This is not right. So, um, and and as you all noted, that that movie really could have used those those great people. Yeah. From, uh, from the original film. And speaking of which. So another privilege of being a rabbi's son is that my father would go to um, Grossinger's every year for the rabbi's convention. So um, we went to Grossinger's, this was maybe in 1973 or four. And it was the week before Christmas, which is their big week. Um, And uh, so they didn't have um, the major talent and they didn't use the ballroom. They used a little nightclub, but they announced that that night was Lee Allen. Mm. Now, Lee Allen, name mm-hmm. familiar? Yeah, for me, but let's tell, yeah. tell the folks who Lee Allen is. So, Lee Allen was Eddie Ryan. Right. So uh, we went to see him. He was great and uh, still had it. Great tap dancer. I think he might even still be living. Mm. If he's listening, hi, Lee. Hi, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a lot of catching up to do. Sure. So, uh, <laughs> But uh, afterwards, we we went, chatted with him and said, you know, we were friends of Kay Medford and he was, he was delighted. And he, he said, uh, oh, okay, he said, you know, we did, we filmed that number, Who Taught Her Everything She Knows. Yeah. And he said, and I was dancing on the tables and Kay, he said, I'm telling you, if they'd kept that number in, she would have won the Oscar. She yeah. was that great in it. And, um, and then he said, um, I said, why did they cut it? And he said, the producers thought it would detract from people because people was following it and to have this huge, exciting, thrilling number followed by, you know, a very introspective ballad Mm -hmm. could have, they thought marred that number. Mm -hmm. And it was all about preserving people. Yeah. So um, sadly enough, it does not exist. Although on some website, they do have a little piece of the audio from it. And they have a couple stills, I think, that survived. So that was that was really interesting. But um, yeah, so that's my 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 funny girl, funny lady stories. I mean, that's that's <laughs> such a great. I mean, it's such a great connection to have any of those sort of connections to the theater that you love in such an intimate yeah. intimate way. And she's such a great. She's such a great Broadway specific talent you know what i mean like she's she is but she's also an amazingly subtle performer mm-hmm. you know that's the thing that was so incredible about Kay is that you could see her on broadway where she could play to the back of the house right? right and then you could see her on film and she's like spencer tracy i mean she she never you never catch her acting mm-hmm. there is incredible subtlety and i do encourage 
people to look at, there was a, I can't remember the name of it. I think it was called Nursemaid. It was for Kojak. It's on Amazon Prime. I think it's series two, episode seven. She doesn't have the ring. So you have to understand that. <laughs> She's working without a net at that point. But yeah. um, her performance is absolutely stellar. And it, it, it's emblematic of everything that Kay did. There was nuance in what she did. And, and when you notice that great scene that she has, which is, I think, the scene, the reason she got the nomination in Funny Girl, when she's playing cards with Fanny, mm -hmm. and she says, uh, you know, um, uh, love him a little more, but um, what's the expression was love him a little more, uh, give him a little less or something. Mm -hmm. It's a, a lovely phrase that I'm unfortunately butchering now, but she grounds the scene. You know, because Barbara Streisand in, in the scene is playing Fanny at her flightiest. Right. And, and she really gives it gravitas. And that's the thing about Kay. She gave everything she did gravitas, but she never sacrificed the humor. Hmm. And even if for those people who never saw Bye Bye Birdie, and I was, I'm one of them, you, you can sense what's missing in the film. As much as I love Maureen Stapleton as an actor, sure. she just miscast and she's over the top. And Kay Medford played those stereotypical Jewish mothers with such subtlety and conviction mm. and integrity. You know, she once said to me, um, if she hadn't been an actor, she would have been a nun because she was Catholic. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, why a nun? She said, because it takes the same um commitment mm. and that's that's what she was always fiercely committed in everything she did and and had uh, you know she she wore her heart not on her sleeve but there was a there was a sense of that heart but it was not to excess and i think that's the true maternal instincts that she shared with her audience that she didn't have to go over the top that we knew that that love was being communicated with just a knowing glance or a little smile. It was very powerful, very yeah. powerful. She was an extraordinary person. Yeah, it's certainly, it's great to hear somebody that somebody you enjoy as a performer. And I do very much enjoy her, you know, obviously I have her the, on Funny Girl and then in the movie, and then I have her gypsy recording, which is so much fun. Um, <laughs> I think that she did that in London when they went over there to do Funny Girl in London, right? Yes, and they, they did this, yeah. yeah, the studio cast recording, which is just, which yeah. is so much fun, and she's so much fun in it. Uh, but it's always nice to hear that people like that are as generous and loving and caring as you want them to be. Yeah. You know, in in you you want when you when you someone like that to translate to real life the way that you hope they would. They don't always. So that's no, such they a. Don't. That's, and it's I'm sure it's especially hard for you know a, a comedian as she would have been called performer in her time where women had to be careful and they had to be tough and they had to be assertive and she was obviously I mean I think she was single for her was she did she ever marry no no she and, she, and yeah so she she would have been you know which at the time would have would have been noticed and would have been you know she would have had to act a certain way and it's good to see that that toughness I'm sure she had to have didn't didn't go more you know deeper than it needed to as it so often can with with uh, with people like that so that's really that's really she's special. also much younger than we realize i mean when she did mm. fun girl the movie i think she was like 40 
eight. She was only 60 when she died. Right. Um, Funny Girl was in 68, right? Yeah, 68. Funny Girl was 68. Yeah. yeah, she died in 1980. So uh, she was kind of like um, Anne Bancroft in that she graduated to character roles very, very early. Very quickly, yeah. She, but that's the energy she gives off. You know what I mean? Like there's certain performers who just are character actors from the time they're 18. And yeah. they have to wait till they get old enough to play the parts that are going to make them you, you know, successful, the ones they're actually age appropriate for, which I think is where right. there's a lot of actors I went to school with and people who who didn't make that transition. They never last. You got to last in the business to make it to be a character actor. It could be a long time right. of grinding it out. And so in some ways, it's lucky she made it as early as she did, because she was that's where she, that's her energy straight up and down to me. Is that yeah, great? She- Great character roles. She played a femme fatale in, in a few things when she was younger. She was mm-hmm. actually very glamorous. Well, she's and, Shakespearean uh, trained, I believe. Like wow. she's, she is a, as, as so much, I mean, so many performers of her generation, I feel like that that sort of, you know, early part of born early in, early in the 20th century. If you want to be a performer, that's still like, okay, we're going to either, you know, you're going because this is post vaudeville, the sort of era she's coming up in. So they can't go that way for the training. So you go to the, right. you go to the acting school, you go for the actual training and voice training and to get into the movies, if that's what you want to do, you have to be, you know, have that kind of mid region accent. And then luckily for all of us, she dipped almost right away <laughs> off into those character parts. Right. And, uh, and we get to see all those great performances because her, it is really true. She's, she is very much missing from funny lady. That energy that she brings to the movie, to funny girl is, and it's, it's one of those things where it is always dangerous to cast actors who have been in a Broadway show in the movie version of that show. I, I know it, it is, it is, we, we prefer it generally, but you know, the performers who've been doing it eight times a week for a year in some cases have a certain performance kind of baked in. And it yeah. is tricky to, like you say, dial that back into the film, which is a whole different style of acting. And she does it so well in Funny Girl. She really does bring it to the level it needs to be in, in, in a film and gives it that intimacy. And that kind of that's really missing from funny funny lady is so adrift for so much of that movie the grounding presence of 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 mrs bryce would have been greatly appreciated by at least me i don't you know like it would have and it would have been great to use ben vereen in the liana role you know yes really make him that person have a confidant that isn't just bobby have someone on the stage yeah that is helping her through things um but yeah, she doesn't, I mean, I guess, you know, in a way, Roddy McDowell served as Mrs. Bryce and Bobby. Right. You know, because he is that confidant and giving her advice on her, on her, uh, on her sex life and, you know, all that, her social life. But um, it's not the same. No. It's just not the same. And we and don't no have it. Like a mother, you know, that's the thing. Well, right. You know, no one can call you on your BS like a mother. And we don't have the history with that Roddy McDowell from the first movie. Because the only person who carries over is, is Nikki Arnstein and Omar Sharif, obviously. So there isn't that force of knowledge of having seen the first movie. And here's the same performer doing the same character we saw last time. It gives a sense of, you know, continuity and 
it's it, it can be really really great and just it's just another heat to bring to a movie to kind of like i say ground it and make it a little more real and funny lady is not that uh at all <laughs> it's i uh i'm glad they paid her i was really like i'm really yeah. glad they paid her anyway she that's good pleased she seemed pleased with that you okay know? good yeah she was like to... she was upset and i'm sure she later saw the movie and thought well maybe i dodged maybe a bullet fine. Right. Yeah, maybe it was okay <laughs> that i wasn't in this movie maybe that's fine yeah <laughs> the extended out of town sequence at the end of the first act of that movie that goes on forever and ever <laughs> yes <laughs> But I remember I was so funny. I had I, and I brought this up on the Patreon podcast. But like when I realized she wasn't going to be in the movie, I got upset because I, I just assumed she'd be there. I just assumed, well, of course, they'll have they'll have Mama Bryce there. That's she, she's so nope, not even not even because that movie needs a scene in it where Fanny goes home. That's yes. the big yes. thing that is missing yes. from that movie is a scene and where she Fanny peels off those layers and yeah, where she goes back to Henry Street and they're playing cards like they were at the beginning. Yes. And everything's oh my God, the same, would... <laughs> and it just gives you that thing. And then Fanny recommits to whatever the thing is that she needs to recommit to and goes goes back out in the world. And it right. does not have that scene. Uh, it should. It doesn't. And it's not the only reason that movie isn't great, but it's. <laughs> on the list certainly and they have to give you the visual that her mother isn't on henry street anymore she's in florida right in that'd be great oh that'd be so good that'd be so good it could yeah. be like the golden girls right <laughs> Even she, that's great but that's great and she goes she goes to girls. visit her mother in florida then she goes back to henry street and it's, it's, it's worse than it's not it's all the same nothing's the same there's nowhere to go back to like that's an right, emotional right. moment and it just doesn't you know it forfeits that but inform her in many ways in terms yeah. of she's trying to reclaim her relationship with Nick because that is her past. Mm -hmm. And when she really goes to see the people of her past, she realizes that is it doesn't exist anymore. Yep. So it's time to also say Arrivederci to Nick. Yeah. And, and commit to the future. Life. Right. Yeah. Right. I, you know, see, we fixed it, Doug. They should have called us. Why didn't I they mean, call you? You had a song. <laughs> Can I say, I love that even at 15, you were you, with with writing the song. You wrote it for for Barbara and not for Kay. I assumed you wrote a song for Kay. No, 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 like, no, no. I'm going to no. write it for Barbara Streisand, and then Kay will give it to her, and like that's how we'll get in the movie. Because <laughs> if you'd written it for Kay, it would have been like I wrote you a song. She would have at least been like, oh, that's nice, because nobody did that in the first movie, so this is good. I will take this with me, and and then of course she's not in the movie, so it's fine. But uh, that's. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, the, it's the right the thing star. to do. You write, you write for, the, for star. the star. You write for the star. You absolutely. And, and, you know, if you're if you're lucky, it'll get an Oscar nomination. Oscar nomination, exactly right. No, you were thinking. You were thinking at 15. You were thinking. You were thinking ahead. Oh yeah. That is. <laughs> God. I'll just a... tell you one thing. You were talking sure. about how how sincere she was and and good to know that she was what she projected on screen. There there was one time I went to. Um, visit her in her apartment after she was very much had moved in and there was a beautiful oil painting of a woman that I thought was Rosalind Russell so I said is that Rosalind Russell and she said no it's um actually I don't know who the woman is but it was painted by a young man who is a son of a, a good friend of mine and he needed money he he was uh, addicted mm. and um and that just tells you everything doesn't it mm -hmm. you know it was yeah. first of all a beautiful point painting it's right. but she she wanted to help this young man mm -hmm. and that's why it had a place of prominence yeah. mm. 
That's really nice. And in the seventies too, when that's sort of not yes. fashionable to be helpful of people in, in unfortunate circumstances like that. It's well in the theater, there are a lot of addictions, you know, that's yeah, true. And I think that uh, anyone who has been around theater um, and movies uh, recognizes that uh, we're always kind of at that precipice. Mm. Um, so um, she, she was a kindred spirit in that way. Yeah. Yeah. But she, you know, the last Broadway play she did was, was uh, light up the sky. Oh, uh, uh, don't drink the water. She never did a Broadway oh, play. Oh, really? She never that. did a play after that. Oh, yeah. wow. She did do she did do a play off off Broadway. I know that because that was mm. right, like maybe a year before she died, and she was supposed to be incredibly good in it. She said to me, "I have um, enough good notices to line the wallpaper of my bathroom." Oh wow! But she said in a way as if to say, "There's there's no real theater for her in a commercial mm -hmm. venue." Mm -hmm. And yet she did continue to work in television and some films, but um, theater had not uh, welcomed her back for some reason. And I'm not sure why that was. Mm. Maybe that she was away from it for too long. May have been that she had done Dean Martin for so many years. And, you know, it was just, you get into that cycle. Yeah, you become a known quantity for that and not for the other Right. Thing. Yeah. But she did do Barefoot in the Park at a um, theater. And we saw her in it. And uh, and I got her um, a Virgo pendant because I knew she wasn't wearing the ring. Mm. And when we saw her after the show, she said, oh, thank you. I, and she put it on. She said, you know what happened with the ring? And just as she said that, somebody came to the table and asked for her <laughs> autograph. And, and, she, never... and I didn't feel... We didn't want to say, yeah, tell yeah. us about the ring. Right. <laughs> we thought if she wants to tell us, she'll tell us. And she must yeah. have just forgotten. But the next day uh, she did publicity shots with Lindsay Krauss, who was in, in the play with her. And um, and it was in the Hartford Current and she was wearing the medallion. So that was really sweet. There you go. That's so yeah. great, Doug. These are great stories to have. This is a just a wonderful experience, which really informs, I think, you know, it's so important for people who are young and in theater or want to be in theater to have connections like this because it teaches you mm -hmm. that you, you people welcome you into the community without question that's great but then it also teaches you how to act it teaches you how right. to be a person and i i would say that you are uh, an example of a continuation of the k metford um personality and style and in, in your welcomingness and earnestness and that's so Thank you. so great i would like to i'd like to pay it forward as she did i really mm -hmm. would yeah it's so important if so someone wants to give me a ring to wear i'll right sit on their butts got the dream yeah but not the guts that's living for some people for some hum drum people i